Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. Now I ask you to go to the Crosswalk notes. You'll see them also in your program, and we will get started with our message. And we are in our Superheroes message series, and... uh, focusing now for Mother's Day and Wonder Woman, uh, and, and specifically when it talks about being ready with the gospel, made ready by the gospel. Now, as we get started, I, I don't know if you know the history of Mother's Day. I, I didn't. And, and so I, I know kind of what I do now, and, but, I, but I wanted to go back and kind of see where it started. And what's interesting about it is it started in West Virginia, with a woman named Anne Reeves Jarvis in the late 1850s. And what happened is is that she was in West Virginia, and what she noticed is that there were a number of young mothers that really were struggling with taking care of their children. And for a number of reasons, it might have been because their parents died or or, or things like that as people were coming over as immigrants and and they didn't necessarily know how to take care of their children. So what she did is is she started, they're called Mother's Day Work Clubs. And and what it was were opportunities for young mothers and, and older mothers as well to get together and they would share what they do to to help their kids. And think about it, especially back in the 1850s, there were probably no doctors then. So some of this might have been, what do you do with your children when they're sick, when there's not a doctor or an emergency room where you can go? And so that is the way that, that this uh, Anne Reeves Jarvis started. And then what happened is the Civil War. And, and during that time, these groups continued to meet. But then what they did is they, they changed a little bit and, and what she did is she changed these into something in 1868. She called it Mother's Friendship Day. And what they did in West Virginia, because that's right where a lot of the Civil War things were fought, that they would bring together former Confederate troops and former Union troops, and these mothers would get in between them and, uh, and encourage them to finally truly have peace and, and to try to heal the wounds of the war. A little bit later, this was maybe 10 years later, Julia Ward Howe was her name, uh, published something called the Mother's Day Proclamation. And what she wanted is to start a a day where mothers would strive for world peace. And and she called it Mother's Peace Day. And and so mothers, uh, it was actually the first Sunday of June, were supposed to do things that would help promote world peace. And that never really caught on, but, but then what happened is, is just about a generation later, that first woman, Anne Reeves Jarvis, had a daughter named Anna Jarvis. And what she did is she thought it would be a good idea to have a Mother's Day, honoring the sacrifices mothers made for their children. And I think that sounds maybe a little more like our Mother's Day today. And, and so she wrote letters to the president, wrote letters to to different people in Congress, encouraging them to have a special day set aside for honoring mothers in this way. And it was finally in 1914, President Woodrow Wilson uh, signed uh, a declaration making the second Sunday in, in May Mother's Day. 
And now I'm going to read here about what Ann Jarvis had in mind. She conceived Mother's Day as a day of personal celebration between mothers and families. Her version of the day involved wearing a white carnation as a badge and visiting one's mother and attending church with her. So that was the original Mother's Day on, on, on what exactly would happen with Mother's Day. The irony is by 1920, she became disgusted with how holiday, the holiday was being commercialized. She outwardly denounced the transformation and urged people to stop buying Mother's Day flowers, cards, and candies. And that's why I'm a proponent of Ann Jarvis and her celebration of Mother's Day. I'm a purist when it comes to Mother's Day. Now, you look at this, and, and what's interesting now is, is as we consider this, how you celebrate Mother's Day. And many of you today are celebrating Mother's Day uh, in the way that she would have appreciated, coming to church with your mother and being and spending time with her. But today, as we look into God's word, we are not only going to celebrate Mother's Day, we are going to celebrate motherhood. And, and, and this, this whole concept of being a mother, which is a gift from God. And as we start, I think it's important for us just to look at what a great gift being a mother and the whole process is. And when it started, when we go back to the very beginning, when God had his plan for marriage and with Adam and Eve to give them the gift of a child, that first of all, it started with that intimate union between the two of them. And then for Eve to, to carry a child, uh, and, and for mothers here to do that, what a gift to be able to carry your child uh, in your womb up, up to, to nine months. And then the delivery, and, and then the, the taking care of them, and, and the closeness and the bond that mothers have with their children is, is just a tremendous gift, and it, it's one that didn't happen by accident, but it's something that God was very thoughtful about. And all of us here, whether you are a mother or not, all of us are children. Uh, And and we have been on at least one side or the other of this. And and so we celebrate this gift that God has given us. And now what we're going to do is is as we think about how Mother's Day started with, with this idea of, first of all, it was to educate moms and then kind of to empower moms as it went through that peace uh, process where, where they wanted them to, to be a movement. And then finally, as it went to appreciation of moms, that I think we're going to go through those stages as well as we go through God's word and, and see all of these different things that God wants us to celebrate as we celebrate the gifts that he gives us in moms. So where we are going to start is with a verse that you might think is completely out of place to start with, but I'm going to, and that is Genesis 3.16. To the woman, he said, and this goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden after they had sinned, and now there were going to be consequences of sin. To the woman, he said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to children Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. That might seem like a really crazy verse to start with, but this is why I did. Adam and Eve were were living together in perfection. They sinned. There was a promise of a savior, but then there were consequences of the sin. 
And what happened is the consequences for sin hit each one of them, Adam and Eve, in an area that they valued probably most or or most highly. And so for Adam, it affected his work and and the frustration that, that when you think of men, they usually identify with their occupation. If there's a group of guys around that don't know each other, usually one of the first questions they ask is, what do you do for a living? It just is. It's just one of those normal questions that gets asked because they identify with their occupation. But if there's a group of women around, they, they don't start with that question. They usually ask, well, tell me about your family. Uh, do you have any children? Are you married? And, and for them, it's about relationships. And so in the blank, you can write, God has designed women to especially value relationships. Design women to especially value relationships. Now, you might still not agree with me, but, but you can even see this in the celebration of holidays. For Mother's Day. For Mother's Day, I ask mothers, what would you want? What do you want for Mother's Day? And I, I know in some cultures, they celebrated Mother's Day yesterday, uh, and, and some celebrate them today. So I went to... Uh, uh, Commodore Guadalajara, I, I know I butchered that, sorry, that's, that's the way I could say it. But anyways, they, we went in there and, and there were parties of 30, 20, 17, and, and why? Because for Mother's Day, what did these women want? We want all of our family together. And then for Father's Day, what do we do? I wanna go golfing with three other people. And, and if Father's Day works out really good, I'll get back in time and they'll be in bed and I'll be able to watch sports on TV and not be bothered. That might be a little too close to home. Anyways, it, it's this reality that I think we, we understand this, that, that, that we all value relationships, but it seems to be that, this, that there is this valuing of relationships and for Eve especially, and, and for mothers today to understand, understand that you value them and be, because of sin, there's going to be pain. And, and, and so maybe some of that pain is already today on the one who wouldn't come to church with you, uh, on the phone call that's not going to be made, the relationship that just isn't right yet. And, and so understand that, that, that that's part of it, but that's the way God made you, in a, in a positive way, in a good way, with a value on something very important with relationships. Now, why did God do this? Why, why this value on relationships? Because it's going to impact very much part of what he wants you to do. First, or 2 Timothy 1 verse 5. And this is as Paul is writing to a man named Timothy said, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. And and as Paul is writing that, he's making reference to Timothy's grandma and his mom, both of whom were were believers in Jesus and throughout his whole life had had taught him uh, all the truths uh, that were found in God's word. And, And so in the blank you can write, a mom's greatest privilege is to share Jesus with her child. A mom's greatest privilege is to share Jesus with her child. 
One of the ways that, that I like to talk is to ask the question, what's the win? For being a mom, what is the win? How do you, how do you succeed at being a mother? And as I look back over our, our years, uh, my wife and I have been blessed with five children. There were different wins that we had. And the first win was uh, maybe getting them to eat by themselves. That's a win. Uh, A big win is potty training and not having to carry a diaper bag anymore. That's a huge win. Uh, A win was having them be able to put on their coats and get in their car seats by themselves. That's huge. Uh, A win is when they finally go to school. A win is when they graduate from school. And the ultimate win is when they move out. (laughs) But moms wouldn't say that because it's about relationships, right? But when you look at that, what's the win? And and the reason why I say that is is the win for your child to be a professional athlete. Maybe it's a a win for your children to have good jobs. Maybe it's a, a win for them to have someone to share their life with. But as we look at this win, the way that God describes it, the win is that, and Christy says this all the time at Crosswalk Kids, the win is to be able to hug our children in heaven. And I think it's important as you look at that as mothers and fathers and all of us here, because it's the same win in life for all of us, is that we make it through this life to finally be with our Father in heaven. And all of this is possible and only possible through Jesus. Now, because that's the case, we go to the next verses. Proverbs 1, 8 and 9. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland of grace uh, to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. So, so this first part is to say, kids, are you, are you listening to me right now? Okay, I know we got some crosswalk kids here. Listen to your mother, okay? Listen to your mom and dad. I'm going to read another one, just in case you didn't hear that. Children obey, this is Ephesians 6. Children obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. In the blank, you can write, children are blessed when they obey godly parents. Think about that just for a moment. Kids, I think it's important for you to realize, you know what your your mom and dad want for you? They want you to go to heaven with them. That's their goal. That's what I just said. That's, That's the win, is that all of us believe in Jesus and go to heaven. And so as we think about that in our lives, when when we think about what our parents are telling us to do and and what they're instructing us to do, understand that the things that they are telling you, they're telling you to do because they love you and because they want you to be safe. And so if they tell you to brush your teeth, go brush your teeth. You'll thank them down the road, even if you don't understand why. If they tell you an outfit you should probably change, Go change the outfit. Uh, mom, mom and dad only have your best interests in mind. I want you to think of times when you're tempted to tell your parents, no, I don't want to do that. No, that's dumb. I don't understand why. 
And sometimes you're not going to understand why. But this is a promise, and this is a promise from Jesus, this is a promise from God, that when you listen to them, even though you might not get what you want just at that moment, that you are going to be blessed, that you are going to have a better life because of it. And so don't only trust your parents, but this is a way that we trust God who makes this promise. This would be great if this is the way that parenting went, wouldn't it? I know I want my kids to go to heaven. They know I want them to go to heaven. So now they listen to me. Whew, this is easy. Now what am I going to do on the rest of Mother's Day? I have it all figured out. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. In Jeremiah 17, it says this. This is what the Lord said. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert in a salt land where no one lives. And and I want to go back to the top of that. Cursed is the one who trusts in man who draws strength from mere flesh. And and so what it's talking about here is if you are going to depend on yourself and and all of your strength is going to come from from yourself alone, it's only a matter of time before you fail. In the blank, you can write, mom sets herself up for failure when she uses her own strength to be Wonder Woman for her family. Mom sets herself up for failure when she uses her own strength to be Wonder Woman for her family. Now, at Crosswalk, Jeff and I, as the pastors here at Crosswalk, have an expression that we use with each other. And that expression is, take off the cape. And, and usually when that happens is when we are really passionate about something that needs to be done, and so we're going to fix it. And so an example of that is with growth groups. Passion, I am so passionate about growth groups. And, and so different people have had some great ideas for growth groups and, and, and ways that we should have them. And so they write them on their communication card, and they say, we think it would be great if you had this group, pastor should start one. And then I care about people, and I'm the discipleship pastor. And, and so this past uh, this past growth group semester, I had five growth groups, and because we need growth groups 101 through 501, I, I told Jeff, you know what? I could teach one of those each day of the week. I could go 101, 201, all the way. That's five days, plus my Wednesday growth group, that I could probably work this out, that I could do at least six or maybe seven growth groups a week. To which he said to me, Take off the cape. Yeah, you know, I don't know who you think you're trying to be or, or the, the one person who's going to save Crosswalk, but by doing that, you're actually hurting us. That, that you have to learn that you need to train others to do this as well, and, and other people need to step up when they see a need to be a minister to fill that need. And so what I need right now, if you are here with your mother, or if, if, if there's someone here without their mom, or you're just here with someone you care about, I need you to turn to her and say, Mom, 
take off the cape. Say it right now. Go ahead. All righty. Now, now here's the deal. Here's the deal. You just said take off the cape, but the question is, do you really want her to? And, and what I wrote down here is, is the women, how we treat women and what we expect of women today. Work. You know what, ladies? You know, you're living in the house. You should be working full time, right? Uh, and then, I mean, you had the kids, so maybe you should take care of them. The, um, the laundry, you, you have a gift for using washer and dryer. I will let you do that as well. As long as you're making food for yourself, could you make some for the rest of us? Could you organize the calendar? Uh, maybe pay the bills? And, and we kind of laugh about that. But let's face it, moms that are here today, I probably have described your, your life And so what you get on a regular basis is your children and your husband telling you, put on the cape. And so you get this message of all the things that everyone's telling you to do to put the cape on, and then you have yourself. And in yourself, you love and care about these. You're about relationships. You want to strengthen these relationships. You want this to work. So you put on the cape willingly. And I'm telling you that when you do that, you set yourself up for failure. That if you say, you know, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make this work. I can do this alone. I'm telling you, you can't. You might think you can, and you might even be doing it right now. But there will be a time when you will crash. So instead, let's turn the page. Jeremiah 17, verses 7 and 8. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when he comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Wow. What a difference between the first part of that verse, both from Jeremiah and then this part, that, that the cursed is the one who, who depends on their flesh and, and they're going to be in a dry wasteland. And then this blessing that comes uh, when their confidence is in God and, and these, these sending out its roots and, and it's going to be green and lush. And now the question is, which one of these best describes your life? I don't know about you, but but most of the time I'm in a dry wasteland, which leads me to believe that maybe I'm going and trying to do things by myself more than I think. In the blank, you can write, mom sets herself for success when she taps into the Lord's strength, only then is she a true wonder woman. And I think that the, the way to help parents to understand this and moms is, is this. Moms, before you are a mom, I need you to be a child. A child of God. And as a child, just like your children, that you, you, you need to take care of them and you need to do things for them, you need that done for you by your Savior. 
That's what Christ did with forgiveness. It's what the Lord does as he gives strength and power through his word. You need to spend time. Think about what do you want on Mother's Day? Did we say with relationships? You want your children near you? You want your your children uh, to talk to you? What God wants from Mother's Day from moms is to be a child and talk to them. Talk to them. Sit down on a daily basis. You love relationships. Foster this relationship as well, your relationship with your Savior. Here's another thing you need to remember. Your children are not your children. They're his children that he has given you to care for. To me, that's a, that's a game changer. Because now what's happening is instead of figuring out how I'm going to take care of my children with the resources I have, I ask myself the question, how am I going to take care of God's children with the resources that he, their heavenly father, has given me to care for them? And and, and you see, it, it just changes the whole perspective of how we go forward. Because there's one person who wears the cape, and that is Jesus Christ. He's the savior. He's the hero of our families, of our church, of our lives. And he needs to be in our family situations as well. But he also gives us promises because we understand there's work to be done. So this is what he says. Ephesians 6, 14 and 15. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And this is where the whole Wonder Woman thing is talked about. This is what we're talking about, is feet that are ready to serve. What do I do when I don't feel like serving? What do I do to to get that joy back, to to get that bounce in my step, and and to be ready to, to dive in after it again? In the blank, you can write, when moms are tired... They need to go to Jesus who gives them rest and hope. When moms are tired, they need to go to Jesus who gives them rest and hope. Here's the deal, kids. Here's the way it works, just so you know. Your mom is is kind of, you know how a car works on gasoline? I don't know if you know that. You ever go to the gas station with your parents? And... You know, high school kids who are driving might not realize this, but that is how they run. So you might want to stop by the gas station occasionally, put some gas in. Uh, and, and when you put gasoline on, it, you fill it with gas, it allows you to go hundreds of miles. I'm going to tell you this. This is a little secret I've learned over time. You want to know how mom works? Mom has an engine. And the engine also works on gas. And you know the gas that makes mom go like hundreds of miles? I love you. That, that, I'm telling you, that is what fuels mom's tanks. When, the, when their children say, mom, I love you, when you write a little note that says, I, you don't even have to write love, you can put a heart, and, uh, and the letter U, however you want to do it. But when you tell your mom that you love her, it fills up her tank. Because she, she loves the relationship she has with you, and love, and your love specifically, is something that she values probably more than anything else in this world. Now, the reason why I say this, did did you notice that moms, you need to have your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel. 
And do you know how you can summarize the gospel? You can summarize it by saying, Jesus loves you. And so moms, as you look at this, it's not that you don't want to have the, the love of others go into your tank, but I'm telling you that, that the ultimate premium is Jesus' love. And it is a constant love. It's one that you are able to fill up with day after day after day. And so if you find that your feet are not ready, that that is where you need to go, to, to go to that tank and, and what it is that drives you, and that's back to Christ. And then finally, so, so when I'm tired, he gives me that strength. And now there's another issue we run into, and that's when we don't know where to go. It says, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. This is talking about is there's going to be times when you don't, not only don't know what to do, you don't even know what to pray for. That, that you're like, God, I don't even know how this is going to be resolved. And I think parents know what this is about. That, that we look back and, oh, for the days of when my child's biggest problem was a poopy diaper. That, that I could just go and that's why they're crying and it gets changed and then I get them a bottle and then they're happy again. I'm good for three more hours. Uh, and, and then, you know, it, it's a lot of work. But then what happens as your kids get older? And, and probably one of the hardest things to see happen is to, to watch your kids hurt. Maybe as they, they get into relationships with other kids and, and other kids hurt them. Maybe as they, they have relationships, as they begin to, to think about who they're going to spend the rest of their life with. And, and you watch that, and, and you watch your kids experience pain, and you don't know what to do. Should I leave them on their own? Should I go help them? And, and the promise from God is that even when you don't know, he does. And, and that, again, that reminder, they're his children as well, and don't forget that. But he also gives us direction. Psalm 119, verse 105, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light for my path. And so the same word that gives us strength uh, and, and gives us courage to go the next, the next day is also going to give us guidance on where to go. In the blank, you can write, when moms don't know which way to go, they can turn to Jesus for direction and guidance. When moms don't know which way to go, they can turn to Jesus for direction and guidance. Here's the deal. We had, uh, as I was getting the message ready and doing Wonder Woman, uh, I I started doing the image searches for Wonder Woman. And of course, it brought me back to when I was a kid with Linda Carter playing Wonder Woman. I'm like, all right, this is going to be great. I'm going to have like 25 pictures that I can show. And uh, then someone told me she lives in the valley and that I could, could bring her, maybe we could get her to come to Crosswalk. That didn't seem like a good idea. Then I thought I could have my wife come dressed as Wonder Woman. Uh, and she didn't want to do that. And, and I'm not coming dressed as Wonder Woman. But, but I think the, the deal is, is that 
One of the reasons why I, I didn't have any images today of Wonder Woman is because the images we have of Wonder Woman are just not accurate. That, that as I went, that every Wonder Woman is, is just like, you know, the image of what everyone thinks perfect is like in the way that she looks and in, and in the way that she acts and, and in all of these powers that she has. And, and there's not a, a, a picture of Wonder Woman that would do justice to what we're talking about. So what I'm gonna ask you to do today, that, that to go away with an image of Wonder Woman, is look at the person maybe sitting next to you. And that is a Wonder Woman what she looks like, a child of God bought with the blood of Jesus Christ, strengthened by the gospel every day to love you, to to value the relationship she has with you, and even more than that, to foster your relationship with Jesus. Thank God for Jesus Christ. Thank God for the wonder woman in your life because she is a gift from God. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you for the gift that you have given us in, in mothers. And, uh, and we understand the moms here know they're not perfect, uh, but they are made perfect through the blood of Jesus Christ. And as they, they go through their life, help them to be reminded of what the win is. And the win, Lord, is to hug their kids in heaven. And, and some right now might be struggling with that a little bit, that their, their, their kids are strained a little bit, or, or maybe the, the relationship is strained. And at that time, Lord, help us to remember, help them to remember that these are your children as well. And so let moms spend time in prayer with you, uh, asking you and, for help and, and talking to you about the things that are going on in their lives. Let them receive strength from the gospel when they are told by you and, and those around them uh, that they are loved. Uh, Help us not only to value moms on Mother's Day, but every day and see the wonderful gift that they are. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. Moms, I want to thank you for starting Mother's Day at the right place, and that's here. And that as you go from here, just that encouragement is, is one that's been so helpful for me. Take off the cape. Uh, that, that as you look at, at the hero in your life, let it be Christ. Uh, for those in their lives as well, let them take the cape off. Uh, and, and then be filled up with Christ and, and his love in your life. And now as you go, go with, go with his blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen.